Hello, everyone. This is episode six of the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. My first time doing uh, having a guest. And why not be even better to have my blood brother on here as my, my actual first guest on the Welcome to the Jungle podcast? That would be Brandon Staples. Uh, if you follow him on his uh, social media, uh, that would be B Staples on uh, Facebook. But uh, Brandon, how are you doing today, man? How are you doing tonight? I know. Oh man, I'm. Uh, despite what's going on in the world, man, I'm doing great right now, man. I'm uh, happy to have the opportunity to uh, uh, be a guest on your show. I'm seeing that your following starting to uh, really grow and. Uh, starting to get out there and i just want to keep supporting you like always man i appreciate it i definitely appreciate it and uh man it's it, for you to be my first guest I, I definitely appreciate it and uh you know let's let's hop right into it it's a lot going on with the COVID 19 just like you spoke of uh folks were quarantining yeah and i i just figured like you know this is the time frame where Instead of just being idle and not doing anything with my time, this is where I just try to perfect this and get better at it and just, you know, we have a passion for football. We've had a passion for sports. And uh, this is a great time to, you know, to basically kill that void that that we're having right now with no sports and with the draft. The draft being here um, and coming and going free agency coming and going and then we just had recently the uh schedule release for the nfl it gives us some stuff to talk about and just kind of review definitely definitely man yeah and uh like like i did a little show prep so we'll just we'll just start off with just what you think about free agency with the Bengals. um i mean realistically uh with free agency um it was an eventful free agency, man. Um, as a uh, lifelong Bengals fan, I turned 34 this uh, Sunday, man. I'll be the first to say this is the most active free agency I've ever seen the Bengals uh, be a part of. And um, realistically, like, um, I remember uh, last year uh, hiring Zach. Uh, it was a lot of the, the, the new day talk. But um, just with the amount of time that I felt that he had building his uh, his coaching staff, realistically, it was more of an evaluation year. So uh-huh. um, uh, just looking at how aggressive we were this year in free agency, I really feel like they did take on that idea of a new day. Um, us picking up guys, uh, us actually being uh, active in the first two days of free agency is something that, I mean, as a Bengals fan, I, I haven't seen much of in my lifetime. So, um, absolutely. So, uh, realistically just, um, the idea of, like we said, like we've been sports fans our whole lives and, um, our teaching for sports has been pretty old school. So the idea of building from the inside out was definitely, uh, one of the main things that they touched on by, the DJ Reader signing, so um, definitely. Realistically, uh, with the with with the Bengals as a fan watching them last year, like the the defense was realistically atrocious. Um, I feel like a lot of our talent is on the defensive defensive line, uh-huh. but as far as what is what it takes to stop the run, I just feel like it never was there. 
So um, yeah. even even with Geno Atkins being as dominant as he is, he's more of a guy that wants to get upfield and go after a quarterback. Pass rush, correct? Yeah. So I mean, putting a putting a large body guy like DJ Reader, but yet a guy that still has athleticism. Like I I, I remember just reading up on him when we signed him that the guy was playing Division One uh, baseball <laughs> right at Clemson. So. Um, it tells you the type of athlete that a 300-pounder is to be able to be a two-sport athlete. So um, it's not like you're just getting a big body that can't move, but you're getting a big body that can can be a staple of your defense and set set the tone for your defense in the middle of your defense, but he's still an athlete. So Correct. Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved that first signing of, uh, of DJ Reader. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Like they say, you you shouldn't uh, you should worry about what's going on within the confines of your team first, right? Before you start worrying about the uh, division. But let's be realistic. This is like the old black and blue division of the NFC uh, Central. When you looked at you know Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, and Green Bay, and that's basically what the AFC North is now. Realistically, if you can't stop the run, oh, you're gonna have division, a long. Yeah, you, you, you're not going to be able to do anything in, in our division. Exactly. And as we all know, the team that won the division, they are, are run first and then at, play action off of that, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. It, exactly. And, um, and we were embarrassed, quite quite frankly embarrassed in Cincinnati, and, and really both times we played just with the lack of defensive line. I'll just say the whole front seven altogether was just atrocious. And we were exposed. And, and I think just by from from what you saw in free agency and what you saw actually with the actual draft with taking three linebackers, that yeah. had to be addressed. And I, I think that was a, a, a major concern if we were going to make get any kind of leverage or get our footing just within the division. Because like they say, first it comes down to your team, building your team. And then you got to figure out what is it going to take to beat to w- actually win your division, and we right. saw what it is with the uh, with with the Ravens right now. It's it's ground right. and pound, and then then they play action off of that. Right, and I mean realistically, also uh, I I like the signings um, outside of DJ Reader realistically uh-huh. because uh, what is it uh, Trey Trey, Trey Wayne. Waynes Trey Waynes McKenzie Alexander these are all guys that are willing to come up and tackle yeah um i know it was a lot it was some people that weren't crazy about the amount of money that we gave trey reigns but i'm i'm a firm believer um the market resets itself every year uh-huh. and if you really if you really look at how the league is turning like the same way that we cut a preston brown during the regular season last year late in the season I just feel like the same way that the Bengals really don't value the linebacker position, I feel like the value of the linebacker position in general is somewhat something that is 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 starting to decline. Uh-huh. So um, I, I, I look at our season last year and just within the division, like when we played Pittsburgh, when we played Pittsburgh with Big Ben being injured, realistically, that was they were winnable games. And realistically, the only way, especially after Big Ben got injured, the only way that Pittsburgh really moved the ball on us was literally play action and 
and running the ball to the edges of our defense. Uh-huh. So with, with us signing a guy like uh, Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander, those are two guys that I feel like are going to be huge in the run game. And realistically, I, I like I said, I feel like our D-line has always been a strength. Like, even with the draft, us taking Burrow number one, um, it's a lot of people, especially with the Bengals being in Ohio, that wanted to take Chase Young. We wanted, a lot of people wanted a Buckeye, just, I mean, realistically, because it's Chase Young and he's a Buckeye. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'll be the first to say that he's a generational talent, but when I really look at our roster, um, man, I, I, I like what we have on the D-line, especially on the edges. I, I like what we have in, uh, I mean, Carlos, Carlos Dunlap is, is, is an ageless wonder right now. Uh, I like I like Sam Hubbard. I feel like Sam Hubbard is the type of player that is literally uh, a, a couple steps away from being somewhat of a Pro Bowl type talent. Uh-huh. So I, I feel like he's one of the draft picks that we that we drafted within the recent years that is actually paying off and stepping up to the uh, stepping up to the plate. So um, I, I I honestly yes I'm a Buckeyes fan. I would have loved to see Chase Young in stripes. But I felt honestly, I felt like Burrow was more was a better fit for us at the time. Yeah. I'm not saying that maybe ten years down the line or anything like that, but right now, DN just was never I felt like was one of our weaknesses. Priority. I'm yeah. always like this. Uh, anytime I can uh, take an impact player, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. Um, is Chase Young an impact player? Yes. But you all, mm-hmm. I, I am realistic, and I always say to myself, "Who is the player that touches the ball the most?" Exactly, and that's the quarterback. Exactly, and he's basically the point guard. And if you looked at that offense at LSU under Joe, Joe Brady and what Joe Burrow was running, he was basically just with all the pieces and the great pieces he had surrounded by him. Because I mean. LSU had a record. They set a record and tied Ohio State for 14 players drafted. I think they went, I believe, half and half across the board, offense and defense. And yeah, li- yeah, literally, they every offensive player uh, for LSU literally is in the NFL as we speak. So Correct. So now, is that some of that? Is some of that a little bit of them winning the national championship and it kind of overhypes the team? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But with that being said, it says a lot. And with with Burrow, I think you have to make that pick because I think we saw what Andy Dalton was. And especially with elite talent around him, still everything has to go right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you, you got to have a quarterback who can just in this day and age, you got to be able to improvise when things aren't going right. When the play is drawn up and, hey, this doesn't work, he can mm-hmm. get out the pocket. He has his capability. Uh, he can still keep his eyes downfield and throw an accurate throw. And, and we just didn't have that. And then sometimes I think it's also about just personality. I, right. I, I love Andy. He's a, a great com- person in the community in Cincinnati. But on the field, I don't think whenever we were in dog fights with, with Pittsburgh or anything like that, he just didn't come off as to give that whole team that confidence or to, to let, him, let the team know that, hey, I got that dog mentality. Like, we're, we're going, 
I don't think you ever said, hey, we we getting ready to walk right out there. We're getting ready to go win this game, and that's it. I don't think we've right. had that in Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> so. And 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 I, I that's something that I, I totally agree. Um when I look at Burrow and then I look at the Bengals quarterback, uh quarterback position over the past twenty years, I mean, realistically, we 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 haven't had vocal leaders. Um, I feel like Carson Carson was a guy that was, I mean, the, a, a top tier draft pick, a top tier quarterback. But that's something that I always felt was leadership wise. He he lacked that. That's something that he lacked. Uh-huh. And I mean, realistically, I, I feel like Burrow is the type of guy that he's going to be outspoken. And at the same time, I feel like he, he he's going to have that leadership role, but he's also the same type of guy that that buys into his coach uh-huh. and, and and what his coach is preaching. Because when when I look at uh, when I look at him coming out of college, even with him leaving the Buckeyes, I mean, Urban Meyer had nothing to say about him but great things. Right. So I mean, a guy a guy that can buy into a system, even when he isn't the the main focal point. That says a lot about a teammate, and that says a lot about a guy's leadership. Because I mean, half of being a, a great leader is hell. You got to be a good, a, a great Indian before you can be a great chief. That's so, right. Um, so that's something that I, that that I that I value in Burrow, honestly. Yeah, he definitely, as they say, paid his dues. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely did that. But then also, I, I look at Urban Meyer, and he tells you a lot about his recruits and. The one thing he said about Joe Burrow is don't sleep on him athletically. And he said when he was coming to Ohio State, he was a little bit behind the curve because, you know, a lot of quarterbacks after the season is done, they can go to different camps and everything else like that. But for, for, Right, he was playing basketball. Yeah, but from my understanding, yes, he's, he was all-state uh, basketball. And then I think also, I, I think he may have played baseball as well. I'm not sure on that one. Okay. But um, with that being said, this guy's an athlete, and I just I saw right. a little highlight highlight tape uh, on Twitter of him uh, back in high school playing basketball. And this guy, he could definitely shoot it from long range, and right. even uh, hell, he was uh, the, the highlights I seen. He was running point guard, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That says that that says a lot. So yeah, I, I definitely like him as an athlete as well. Exactly. I think that's one of that's one of the things that I, I feel people kind of sweep under the rug because. Um, and and again, it's just like uh, I I I understand like when you're dealing with with Bengals fans, a lot of people want to go with the the, the straight Ohio guy. So again, that that was something that I felt like uh, people people really wanted Chase Young for was because he was coming out of the Buckeyes. But um, man, when I seen uh, when I seen um, Joe Burrow, it's like. The same things that people knock the Big Ten for, I'm like, everybody wants to preach sack football, preach sack football, and I'm like, if if you guys consider that the 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 top tier, uh, the top tier competition, I mean, he's done everything on that level, including winning the national championship. Correct. Like there, like I mean, outside of doing it multiple years, I mean, and there's a lot of guys that that won't do it multiple years. That's true. Like legitimately the way the way that social media is, you really need one solid year and you can become you can put yourself as a first rounder. 
That's true. And I think everybody develops uh, at different different timelines. And I think with Burrow, just like uh, going back to what Urban Meyer said, when he first came in there, he was you know, he didn't have all that extra time and extra camp time going to different camps and elite 11s uh, right. to develop as a quarterback. So it took him time at the university uh, to get to that point. So, I mean, that's a, that's definitely a, a, a fair assessment. I'll, I'll definitely uh, give you that. And, right. and, and sometimes holding that clipboard and just learning, learning the game. Yeah. Hey, man, they – it speaks volumes. We've seen some quarterbacks, like, for example, and I, and I wanted to touch this piece because, you know, if you look at Bill Parcells, uh, you look at Belichick where he came from Bill Parcells' coaching tree, one of the main things that Bill Parcells was like is, if this guy doesn't have three years of starts at, at a quarterback, I don't think he has enough experience and I don't want to start him. And for the naysayers, you'll look at, and Achilles Smith and, and what we did with Achilles Smith and him only having, like you just said, maybe one hot year at Oregon and then being drafted by the Bengals and then being thrown into the fire. And it just kind of all goes downhill. But I, I don't get that feeling with Burrow just being in the program, holding the clipboard, fighting that, you know, with Dwayne Haskins, breaking your hand. You know, right. that, that that not working out and then deciding, okay, I'm going to go into the transfer portal and I feel like I'm going to go and compete down there in LSU and become mm-hmm. the starter. So he paid his dues. And even that, that the year before the national championship at LSU, he won the starting quarterback job. He fought his way for that. And then the senior season with the new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, it just seemed like everything, the stars aligned, everything came together. So, and then being a, being a coach's son, this guy's the student of the game. Right. So, right. And, and then just, I think, I feel like this is a quarterback that'll be a leader of men, is very outspoken, uh, like you mentioned, and will be able to lead other guys and for guys will want to follow him and buy in. So those are, right. some, those are some traits that even at a, you know, as a defensive end, unless you, I, I mean, you look at the defense and you look at the offense, your linebacker, or maybe I'll say maybe your safety is normally like your leader on your defense. And then mm-hmm. your quarterback, if, if, if he's a true leader, the quarterback, what he leads the whole team, right? And that's right. what and, and what the Bengals have needed for years is that that alpha male. Hey, this is my team. I go as we go as I go, right? And, right. And in pressure situations, I don't flinch. And I think that's Joe Burrow's calling card. We saw that in the national championship game, and I mean. They played seven ranked opponents. They played the best of the best pretty much all year long. Exactly. I, I think the, the only thing I would have wished just being Ohio State's defense, and you men, mentioned in uh, Chase Young, that's the only thing I wish is that Ohio State would have gotten past Clemson. And we could have, you know, for football fans who love competition, and right. Ohio State basically having the top defense all season long and having them matched up against LSU with them having the top offense all along, all along. And the, the best 
units put together and go against one another head head to head. That's the only thing that we missed. But outside of that, I I think you nailed it as far as what you what to expect with Joe Burrow. And then him being a a guy, normally, you know, you see a lot of these quarterbacks coming out after their junior season. Here's a guy who was he already graduated. I, I believe he graduated from Ohio State and or, or when he transferred, he still did it. Basically, what I'm saying is he did his whole full year, four years. Right, you right. You don't see that as much. And you have a guy who's coming in at, what, I believe he's at 23 years or 23 years old or where a lot of these quarterbacks, they're coming out maybe no more than 19, 20 because they're coming out early. So right. for a guy to have to, because we've seen some situations like where with Carson Palmer, he sat behind Joe Kittner for a year, and then he played, which I, mm-hmm. I am normally a big fan of. But with Burrow, I'm not too uneasy or uh, not rested with him coming out being the starter day one because this is an older season kid and he's a coach's son. Now, the only right. thing that does worry me is with COVID-19, him not being able to have those OTAs, the rookie mini camps to acclimate himself with the rest of the yeah. team and getting that team chemistry, you know, that is, yeah, I, I think up. that's, that's going to be a worry for, for all franchises just bringing in rookies, rookies this year. So exactly, uh, that's, that's definitely something that I, I feel, but I mean, what I, what I like is the, before the draft, just the fact that we maxed out all of our, uh, all of our zoom calls and all of our online meetings that lets me know because um, they were saying that they were already implementing the uh, playbook uh-huh. to uh, Joe Burrow. So I mean, the fact the fact that we never second guess that first pick, I feel like just being just being for sure what we wanted to do was going to help us out a lot. Uh-huh. Um, that and I hear I'm not sure how true it is, but the fact that we're going to be implementing some of that LSU playbook into our own for uh for Joe Burrow just to be able to be acclimated with some things that he feels comfortable with uh-huh. and some things that he already knows. And I mean realistically um he, he was playing a damn pro pro style type offense in college. Right. So I sure. mean all, yeah all of those things are I mean I feel like are going to be benefits for him and just just the psyche of an athlete I feel like means a lot. And right. like when you talk to when you when you hear Joe Burrow speak, he's not a guy that is looking to sit for years. Uh-huh. Like he's a guy that's more wants to take the, the bull by the horns. And it's like, hey, I, I if I'm going to be the guy for the next 10 years, I mean, he seems like the type of person that can take it on the chin for that first year or two uh, and, and learn. And he's not interested in, in, in holding the clipboard to learn. That's co- I, I feel like um I feel like a lot of a lot of his maturity comes from things not going perfectly in college. That's correct. And I and I I mean it's just your your character, you you really figure out your character when things aren't aren't spoon fed to you. So and things aren't going perfect. So I feel like man, those are just some some positive things that 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 he's bringing to the table for for our franchise and and just Bengals fans in general. Like I feel like his personality, he has He's an Ohio guy. He has an Ohio background. The way that we, we're blue collar and we want to go to work and we're going to put our, our our hard hats on. That's 
that's that's what he that's what he uh, solidifies for us. Uh, I I totally I totally agree, and it said a lot about him. Even you know before the Bengals, after you know Andy Dalton had asked to be released, <laughs> even when when Dalton was still on the roster before he was released, Burroughs spoke up and said, "Hey." I'm going in there with the mindset, the mentality that I'm, I'm gonna beat out uh, Andy Dalton yeah. for a starting job. So it didn't matter to him if Dalton was there or if he wasn't. That's, that's exactly really how he he was going in day one is that I'm going to be the starter. And I think exactly. I think is a change in ideology and, and thinking and mentality. Uh, that even Dalton was used to the where even I think after you hear a kid speak like that coming in day one, he said, Hey man, I'm asking for my release and I'll go somewhere else. You know? Right. Um, right. It, it, it definitely says a lot about him, but just moving right along. Cause I know, Hey, everybody, which is understandable because this resets the franchise when it comes to uh, Joe Burrow and then going back to the combine in Indianapolis, and, and this goes, it intertwines with everything where the Bengals, like you said, they don't spend in free agency. Normally, mm-hmm. their their mantra is to spend a little bit to re-sign their own in free agency and get the second and third tier free agents. But right. Mike Brown, Mike Brown, this draft knows, I mean, hey, I'm not filling the seats. Uh, what am I going to have to do to restore the, reset the franchise and, and get the fan base excited again? And mm-hmm. Hey, he took that trip to Indianapolis uh, right up 74, and uh, he met with Joe Burrow and basically asked this guy from reports, what is it going to take for you to feel comfortable here in Cincinnati? And I I think it's just like they did at LSU with their recruiting and and how they put an elite team around him. He basically said, hey, man, you have to spend some money and free agency to make some upgrades uh, all, all, all the way around this team, because I'm sure like Joe Burrow, he, you know, he's a competitor, and he looked at this roster and like, hey, this thing's got to be retooled. And, right, and, right. And Mike Brown, hey, he had to come out that pocketbook if he wanted this guy, because he's like, man, I'm about winning. I do not want to come into no situation and you just doing the old way of the Bengals and not spending any money, and and it showed this free agency. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely did, man. Yeah, so, I mean, just, uh, man, just, it, it, it's great to talk to Bengals and just touching on, you know, we touched on free agency, kind of what they did and just revamping the whole defense as a whole and even right. touching the safety position with the Von Bell. Here's another Buckeyes. So now we got, yeah, man, we got Burrow, we have uh, Von Bell coming over in, as a free agent and I think he's getting ready to hit his prime years. Coming over right. from the uh, the Saints, and then you right. look at uh, a Sam Hubbard that's from the Cincinnati area. Right, um, I believe went to uh, Moeller High School, mm-hmm. and yep, that's uh, Moeller High School you know kid. these these like you said are lunch pail blue collar Ohioans that that are going to come to work every day. Now let's just ch- touch on you know before we wrap this up, uh, episode six and my first guest, and I am excited to have my own blood brother on here. Uh, Brandon Staples, and uh, you're listening to the Welcome to the Jungle podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we'll just go ahead and go through the uh, the draft picks, and I'll just kind of 
see what you think and then I'll just kind of give you what I what I got from just looking at some of their video film and we've already touched on Burrow okay uh but moving on to round two T Higgins what did you think about that um realistically um that was a I thought was a great pick um a lot of guys that are like old school, of course, they would have wanted us to go tackle or guard I'm right one away in the second in the second round. But I mean, realistically, if if the player doesn't fit your scheme or you're reaching, I, I feel like that's not always the right pick. Yeah. So um, when I look at T. Higgins, that's something that I feel like wide receiver could very well end up being a position of need. Uh, next season, uh, with us, with us just giving uh, AJ a franchise tag, that that very well might be somebody that that fills that that void. Uh-huh. Or uh, or I mean, at, at, as a Bengal lifelong Bengals fan, I mean, I would love to see AJ retire as a Bengal. So I mean, I feel like he's just somebody that just took a, a position group, and instead of just being a good position group. He has the ability to make us an elite position group. So I, I, I like that uh that pick. I totally agree. And I'm just, just going off of what I saw on tape. He has the ability to NT Higgins uh coming from Clemson to play basketball. And mm-hmm. just for you know the bell Joe out when he doesn't throw the perf- perfect ball and for him to go up and get it and just yeah. and just jump over uh, play and basically box out defenders. So like a right. big power forward would do. Okay. Yeah, I I I totally agree. I mean, it, it was it, it's reminiscent of taking AJ Green first round and then Andy Dalton second round. I just feel like we flipped it where where Dalton got uh got drafted is where T Higgins got drafted and where AJ got drafted, Burrow got drafted. So I I, I like. I like that combination because I just feel like that's something that's going to be years to come. I totally agree. I don't think, I don't know if Higgins is quite as quick as AJ. No, 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 he's not. But, he's but not. I think physically he's more physical. He has a more physical, more physicality to his game to where, he, where he can get, he can get defenders off of him. And, and right, right. Yeah. I, I think he definitely has, he's a little bit more, more he has a little bit more definition and, and he's a little bit stronger up top than what AJ was coming straight out of absolutely out of college. absolutely and then touching on something where it, it really disgusted me just our linebackers uh here in Cincinnati and if anybody doesn't yeah. know uh Lou Anaramo his defense is a little different than what Mike Zimmer and and and, and just touching back on the cornerbacks that we brought in you know in Zimmer's defense they like to come up and tackle but just just right. going to our defense our linebackers I felt like every linebacker the Bengals had on on the team last year maybe even Jermaine Pratt because he was no, no more than a rookie I don't think any of those linebackers would have started in the NFL anywhere else and that says a lot that says a lot right and with that third round right. pick they drafted Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. What did you What did you think about that pick? Um, Logan Wilson, it, it, it's crazy. Our, our second round and third round pick, I literally, literally called that on Facebook. Um, when I when I watch Logan Wilson, uh, he's a guy that is coming out of somewhat of a small school, uh-huh. but um, as far as his production, man, his his. His production and, and his film is just is, is off the charts, in my opinion. 
Um, I, I love the way that he flows to the ball. Um, I, I, I like the way that, I mean, he's just, he plays with instincts and, and he trusts his eyes. And it's, it's a lot of guys that might, might've been a better athlete than what Logan Wilson is, but he, and again, he's not a slouch of an athlete, no, it's not. but I feel like a lot of guys don't have the eyes, like realistically as a, as a linebacker, your first couple steps makes, can make and break, can make and break you making a play. Yeah. So a guy that that plays with instincts, um, I mean, realistically, uh, we haven't had a linebacker that plays with instincts since Burfitt. I mean, either either you loved him or hate him, but realistically, he was always the most instinctual linebacker that we had. And after he left, I, I really didn't. I never felt like Vincent Ray or 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 Vigil uh, uh, or guys like that were instinctive players, right? Right. I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, and just looking at Logan Wilson, I mean, they brought this guy in at, in the third round to be a day one starter. I, I totally agree yep. with you. And, yep. and what I saw just on film, he reads his keys and he goes. There's no he- yeah. there's no hesitation. And there's other linebackers where that, that split second that you hesitate, like you said, it gets you caught up with, offensive lineman and and from what I saw for him to get to the running back he sheds quite well to get to the and and gets downhill quickly something that the right. Bengals have not had in quite a long time since Vontez Burfick like you mentioned right right I agree and then moving on to the fourth round pick that was a King Davis Gaither uh Appalachian State what was your takeaways on him uh, I feel like I feel like that was one of those draft picks to where, realistically, us us uh, being present at the Senior Bowl yeah. is going to be one of those draft picks that really pay off in the long run. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only knocks about uh, Akeem Davis Gaither has to be him going to a smaller school like Appalachian State, uh-huh. and then just the questionable knee issue. Okay. Um. Uh, but as far as when I look at a guy like I've, there's not too many linebackers that use their hands the way that Akeem Davis Gaither uses his hands, and for and that that's a trait that you necessarily don't expect from an undersized linebacker. Correct. So I, I mean I feel like he's a guy. He's 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 a yeah I yeah. Like I, and and then a, I just look at his version of what Joe Mixon brings us on on Sundays. He's a guy. I, I feel like he's a guy right. that's gonna play. Give us, give us everything that he's got in him. I feel like he's a guy that's gonna play with a chip on his shoulder. I feel like a guy that he's gonna have. He's gonna play with passion and speed. And I and he's athletically, he's he's exactly what our linebacker core needs. So um, he's right. a guy that plays. So, of- I mean, he, he's an undersized guy. Played at a small school, but he's coming in with with the attitude. And a mentality just to wreak havoc. And I, I feel like that's what our defense needs. Right. I, I, I look at the, the Bengals drafted three linebackers overall in this uh, uh-huh. 2020 draft. And the the thing, the key that does also stick out to me is the Bengals were one of the the worst at the linebacker position in coverage and especially uh-huh. trying to cover tight ends. And when I look at all three of these uh, linebackers, I look at Logan Wilson, I look at Akeem Davis, uh, Gaither, 
and I look at Marcus Bailey out of Purdue, which uh, the Bengals respectively drafted in the seventh round. All of these guys can also they can do everything, all all things above. Mm-hmm. They can run. They can get to the get to the running back, get downhill and play down on the line of scrimmage. They can read and react in coverage. They have instincts to actually intercept the ball and basically right. they're playmakers. Right. All of them. All of them. And I don't think any of the all three of these linebackers, I don't think any one of them have that limit to where they can only get yeah. two downs and then you right. gotta find another linebacker or put a safety in right. to right. play the nickel. All these guys are three down. They're, they three down they, they all all of these guys are athletes that can run and go sideline to sideline. And 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 again, like I said. Pittsburgh really exposed us just by running to the edge. Like, bro, I've never seen so many damn yeah. jet sweeps and 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 reverses. And literally, you're picking up over five yards, damn near first downs, off of just running to the edge. And like, these are guys. These are guys yeah. that can run, but at the same time, they're not the they're not the Nick Vigil guys where they they can run, but they looking to bear hug you. They're guys. These are guys looking to put a helmet on your ass. Pardon my French. And 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 those are the type of guys that I really feel like we need on our defense, man. That's that's correct. And then uh, you know, I was in attendance for the home opener when we played San Francisco and, and you talk about Ferraris for running backs and they were getting to the outside all day. Pretty all easy. Day. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. And and I think if you watched any film on the Bengals, you just knew that after this season was over with, the personnel-wise, they had to get more athletic and they had to get quicker right. across the board. And just uh, moving down to the fifth round with uh, Khalid Kareem out of Notre Dame, I think he's, just like you spoke of, I think the Bengals in general, they just, over the years, going back to Carlos Dunlap, they have a type, and even to Justin Smith, they have a type of... Uh, defensive end they like to draft and it's more of the I think more kind of like a basketball body like yeah. power forward they like a 6-3, 6-4 to play the 4-3 uh, to have a 4 down lineman even though like I said Anorama plays a 4-2 defense where if you only got two linebackers on the field they better be quick because now you yeah, basically a lot of field. cover it's a lot of field where, to cover. Where, yeah a lot of field you know because you're adding another DB um that might want to slide down in the box. So that, that'll be interesting to see what they do with Sean Williams when they go into a package like that or whatever, where they want to bring that other DB in. And then you're putting um, Jesse Bates and Von Bell on the back end in right. the safety position. So we'll see. Yeah, how I, I, I'm not going to lie. But Fifth round was the, the, the uh, Khalid Kareem was the draft pick kind of. Out of all the draft picks, he's the, literally the player that I wasn't crazy about. Um, I liked our draft all the way around, um, but I li- I would have liked to seen us in the fifth round to go after uh, to go after uh, some some offensive line help. Um, when I when I look uh-huh. at Khalid Kareem, um, I I don't want to be judgmental, but I've never really been a big believer in Notre Dame players. Hate to say it, but um, also uh-huh. just when I like you said um, his. I like his build, but I, I just would have liked to see a little bit of more quick twitch 
quick twitch to his game. Like he's just more of a guy uh-huh. I feel like is going to be a guy that sets the edge. Yeah. But I, I, realistically, Stop. if he's going to play that role for us, I'd like to see him put a little bit more weight on. So, so I, I feel like he's just more of a project type drafted. Yeah, more of a rotational piece. And then he also last, I believe last year he had a a knee injury, if I can if I can remember correctly from what I what I actually saw. Gotcha. So, you know, hopefully he can just stay stay healthy. I do think he'll be more of a run, a kind of a yeah, run stopper yeah. and a head setter, and you know maybe take you back and make you familiarize. Maybe I don't know if he's the same athlete um, as a Michael Johnson. But right, we'll see. right, right, exactly. You know, we'll definitely see. And then finally, you know, I and you know me, I'm like you said, I'm old school. I'm thinking inside mm-hmm. out. I was like, we, we've been doing all the skill positions, but I know what the division we play in, the AFC North, nasty mm-hmm. and rugged. And they finally took offensive tackle with Hakeem Adenajai. And I was just looking at some of the different um, guys like Mel Kuyper and prognosticators and different things like that. They were pretty high on this yeah. guy. And said that you know he was he could have went a lot earlier than yeah I I think I believe I believe he was a four year starter for Kansas yeah and um like you said I would have liked to seen us I really would have liked to seen that fifth round pick uh, to be an offensive lineman but again they kept saying literally uh, what was it round round four and five teams jumped and and took the tackles that we were interested Mm -hmm. in. Like, like you said, mm-hmm. you're, you said you're old school and you, you want to build from the inside out. I honestly feel like, I feel like we've tied up, we've tied up some picks into that offensive line. So we're bringing back a Jonah Williams, literally the year before that was Billy Price. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think that we weren't quite, uh, Jonah Williams has yet to be, yet to be shown what, what it's going to be with him. But the the Billy uh-huh. Price and then the the Fisher and the Cedric o, o, Obuye uh, picks that uh-huh. that those were things that we just didn't we did knock those picks out of the the out of the uh, those weren't home run picks for us. So well, I I think so. I, I I think more of what this draft was about was not reaching. And when uh-huh. when I look when I look at free agency in the NFL. I feel like you can find solid guards in free agency. It's those tackle positions where you really, which are money positions on the offensive line. So you you struggle yeah. to fill that that left tackle and that right tackle. But I feel like as far as as far as what we have in the guards positions, we're so young, uh-huh. we're so young that I feel like we have talent there. We just got to develop it. When yeah. I look at Mike, when I look yeah. at uh, you got Michael Jordan out of Ohio State, you got Billy Price. Like those are two guys that I feel like I'm not quite done with either one of those guys yet. No, and I and I was kind of impressed with Michael Jordan. I think he's really improved, uh, you know, game by right. game. He you see him improving, and I think Billy Price, uh, fully healthy. We we got to see, you know, what he what he he can be become, and then you know they actually. Also picked up, I think, another rotational yeah, we picked piece of uh, rotational yeah, guard. Yeah, the guard out of Texas. Uh, he played for Texas and Dallas. Correct. Um, and, and I don't want to tear up his name. Xavier 
Sua yeah. Philo. Yeah. You know, so they picked him up. So that's not too bad. And, you know, there's some free agents out there that I would really love. You know, sometimes I think about organizations in the front <laughs> office, and there's certain little moves that put you over mm-hmm. the top. And I'm going to throw out a couple free agents where I don't think you would pay a lot of money. Uh, and I think it would just, even if it's just to, to be in the locker room will, will help us out. Like a Jason Peters coming over from yeah, the Eagles. Yeah. If he's got anything left, I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money on him. And he is definitely a bona fide left tackle that even a Jonah Williams can learn technique right, from. Right. I would love for us to bring uh, a Jason Peters in. And he's still out there on the market. And I'm always about impact, and I'll go over to the defense and I'll touch the defensive end position. I know it would be expensive, and I know you got AJ's deal. I know you have Joe Mixon's deal. But, hey, man, shoot a flyer out there to Jadavian Clowney and and talk to his agent and just Uh... see what he – See what, see what I ask his agent, what would it take to, to, to bring him here? Because I look at it, if you put a Carlos Dunlap, you put a Jadavian Clowney on the other side, and now that Carlos Dunlap is kind of getting a little bit older, and you have a Sam Hubbard that you can rotate right. in, and then you have a, a Carl Lawson that you can rotate with Jadavian Clowney, that makes now that makes your pass rush. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I just I just don't when I look at when I look at Jadavian Clowney as far as taking a discount deal. I feel like it's going to be if he does if he was to do it, he's just going to stay where he's at. Yeah, and I yeah. I feel like if if he's going to go to another team, he he wants a blockbuster type deal. And realistically, like with his health. With his health and and I mean he's productive when he's on the field, but hell, if I look at last year, hell, Carlos Dunlap was more productive than him. Yeah, yeah. I, the the money, the I don't think the money is. is yeah, quite... like that. That's my only. I mean, is is the guy a freak of nature and in a in a, a life in a once in a lifetime athlete? He's all of that. But as far as a guy that stays healthy and a guy that's available. That's the only issue why he's not getting the money that he wants. That, and I think for a defensive end to ask that kind of money, a 4-3 defensive end, he's, we all look at sacks. And he's basically, he's got to put in, he's got to have the sack totals of what his his partner on the other side when he was in Houston, J.J. Watt, those kind of numbers. And he wasn't putting those kind of numbers. He he wasn't. Uh, sack. He he's better against the run than he is, I think, at pass rushing. And to pay a defensive end that kind of money, you want the opposite. You want yeah, sacks. I agree. You know. So that's that's how that is. And then going back to Akeem Adenajai, I think also his senior year. I, I and folks, if if you're not a big college football fan, I I want you to know I am. Of course, I'm a little bit of a homer when it comes to Ohio State. That's that's my squad in college football. But Les Miles, who was the head coach at LSU for a long, long time, won a national championship there. He's actually the head coach at Kansas, and he's really developed that right. program. And and you could see the improvement where they were actually winning some some games normally they don't win in the right. Big 12 anymore. So 
I think he, he a year up on for Akeem uh, Adenjai learning up under Les Miles uh, is definitely a great. Thing. I agree. I totally agree. And I and I saw him and I said, man, he he engages on defenders pretty well in the run blocking, his pass blocking. Jim Turner is going to have to coach him up a little bit, but I, I see a lot of potential and. I definitely see like this. He may not be the starter this year, but he's definitely a potential replacement at right tackle for Bobby okay. Hart. Because I think we all want as as Bengals fans him out. Of yeah, him, yeah, and, him and, coming off and the I bench. mean, what was uh, I forgot what the guy from Pittsburgh that we signed in free agency last year? Um, John. Yeah, yeah. I I, I hope. Um, I mean, realistically, looking at those last few games of the season. I mean, he he showed promise at at left tackle. So, if if right. we could kick, if we could either move either him or Jonah Williams to to right tackle, and then Jones at uh, left or or vice versa, man, that that would yeah. be huge for us. And um, like like you said, uh, I, I'm just and I, I as much as we don't like Bobby Hart, man, if you look at that guy's PFF grades. The last, the last few uh, games of the season, he wasn't giving up nothing, man. Uh, well, let, let's just pray he. he yeah, can I just, exactly. But, like, because they, def- they definitely, I, I, I hope that it's not fool's gold, but it, it very yeah. well could have been. But I mean, I, I just, I just think realistically, uh, I think we were just so young last year and so new. Everything was just brand new that. I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it is just going to have to deal with us playing together, and and yeah. and just getting some, um, just getting a little consistency to our to our team, man. Yeah, game game experience, and I can only we can only hope that Bobby Hart improves because they the Bengals sure gave him some money yeah. that I think all Bengals fans we all scratched our heads and said, man, they I can't believe they gave. Oh, I was I was. After after what the Giants did, basically that would be like us having the season that we had last year and 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 a team that's looking to help their offensive line. You go bring somebody off of one of the basically what we were, one of the ranked one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and you go give a guy off of our unit huge money. So yeah, like I, I just, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, all Bengals fans just cringe when when we brought that guy in. Exactly. And then moving to the last draft pick, and I saw you post about it. Uh, since the jungle uh, was posting from, uh, I believe Mel Kiper had him rated very highly. Uh, Marcus uh, yeah. Bailey and gave him a, a higher. Uh, you know, basically we drafted him in the seventh round, and that was due to. Injuries that uh, injuries, knee problems. We were able to get him that late, but his draft rate was yeah, a lot higher. Yeah, he was um a uh, third round, and then I seen a couple people even look at him as a second rounder. So um that 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 Marcus Bailey uh, pickup, I feel like man, it's just that was that was a great value pick right there, man. Um, realistically, the kid, the kid, uh, he he scrapes well, he sheds blockers. He's instinctive. Uh-huh. He drops back in coverage. Like I mean, he's he's a every down linebacker, man. So um, realistically, yeah. uh, like I, I've seen um, I've seen some things, uh, a couple articles to where people are saying this could be our 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 uh, best defensive uh, draft pick, and some people even saying to where to where he 
he might be able to challenge Logan Wilson for a position. So, um, right. So it's one of them things, man. I, I just, I'm excited. And I just wish a guy like that the best as far as his health, because, uh, athletically and, and instinct and with his instincts, man, he, he's got it. I agree. Cause, uh, you know, just from what I, I was taking a look at the, the film on Marcus Bailey and I said, great in coverage has a knack for intercepting the ball. So, you know, he had definitely has, like I said, with all the traits of all three of these linebackers the, with the Bengals, very instinctive. Right. Uh, can get downhill quickly to the ball carrier, sheds blockers mm-hmm. well, and you know, just a great value for the, the actual seventh round. So, I, I think the Bengals might have nailed this right. one. And then, I also think for a linebacker, like you said, that may have, may have had some knee issues the past couple years, this is the perfect situation. Him coming into like a scheme of Lou Anaramos where it's 4-2 where he can be a rotational right, guy right, right now where where he doesn't have to play as many snaps let him get acclimated to the pro game let him get fully healthy and he can split time with two or three other linebackers when you talk about a Jermaine right. Pratt you're talking about a King Davis uh, Gaither you're talking about a Logan Wilson all those guys rotating in that, that means you got fresh bodies at the yeah. linebacker position because you're only playing two right, at a time. Right. So I think this is a great situation for him versus playing in a 4-3 where he's got to be out there 60% of the something like right. where it would make him more susceptible to injury. I think this is the perfect situation for him in Cincinnati. Right, right. Yeah, man, I, I, I really feel like um, also something that, that I liked um, – watching this film man like when when he's scraping when he's scraping as a linebacker he's not as as good as he pursues he's not over pursuing like I I know you've seen a lot of linebackers that are athletic that overrun plays and yeah and I uh I I necessarily didn't see that much in his film so I mean Uh just the guys that are athletes I mean a lot of times some of the best Especially a linebacker. Just some, when I look at some of the guys that I played with in my career, some of the best athletes were normally the ones that didn't have didn't have the vision and weren't taking weren't taking the right steps and were out of position a lot of times. Like uh-huh. hell, I, I look at it like back back to college football. One of my favorite uh, linebackers was Lavar Arrington. Lavar Arrington uh-huh. was a freak athlete, but he he was never in position. Right, and so I mean right. that's that's something I like about Marcus Bailey is he's a guy that has that athletic ability, but he's also seems like a guy that's a student of the game. So I mean, like you say, uh, I feel like the sky's the limit as long as he can stay healthy. Definitely, definitely, and they I think they got some guys that have little different skill sets and different strengths. Right, and then even going back to King David, when I watched this film. Appalachian State used him almost like as a, a rover, a, a safety, yeah, a rover, a safety coming off the edge to blitz a lot, right? Or, or even a uh, like like a, a defensive end where he's playing down just to rush the pass. Yeah, so yeah. You, they'll be able to do a lot of different things with him as well. Yeah, man. I, I seen something in some article like Vegas, Vegas favorites to be defensive rookie or. Or guys that can end up being a Pro Bowler, and, and uh, Akeem Davis Gaither definitely made the list, man. Definitely, definitely. Um, it, I'm trying to think, going back a few years, 
Oh, he came around. He was that draft cast class around David Pollock. Odell Thurman. There we go out okay. of Georgia. He kind of, when I looked at his tape and looked at his film, I was like, man, this guy is kind of like an athlete. Reminds me yeah, of just, Odell Thurman. He, he's, he's raw and athletic, just like yeah. he, he, I don't think he he's as built. I he's mean, Odell thought, just no. built like a damn a brick house. But, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, he definitely has them same type traits, man. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Brandon, I appreciate you coming to the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. Like I said, and I'll reiterate, you were my first guest. I appreciate you uh, being a guest here, man, and you're more than welcome uh, to come back. And uh, this will wrap up episode six of the uh, Welcome to the Jungle podcast, buddy. Anything you, you got to say hey, to, wanna... uh, to the Welcome to the Jungle fans? Hey, man, I just want to thank uh, thank you and all the fans for tuning in. Uh, man, I look forward to just nothing but growth from your uh, podcast and, and and your fan base. And, man, I just want everybody to stay safe out here. And, and, and uh, thank you for the opportunity, man. You're welcome, buddy. And I uh, love you, bro. And uh, have a good night. And to Bangle them and to the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. The future is bright in Cincinnati. Uh, it's a lot of positives and a lot of great things to look forward to. And change is inevitable, just like you said, with the COVID-19 that's taking, uh, taking place. You know, it's basically changed our lives as a whole and, and how we do business on the daily. And I think the Bengals have adapted and having a young coaching staff where they've learned how to do different Zoom uh, meetings and, and the, how to get their players training. Hey, man, sometimes you need to change. And I think that front office and I think as an organization and staff, the Bengals needed to hit the reset button, and, and they have done that. Definitely. All right. You have a good night. All right, buddy. Love you, man. And uh, who day? Who day to everyone. Good night. All righty, brother. <laughs>